Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Oh, and thank you so much for joining us for your ROH and Impact post-show for November 9th. My goodness, I'm just so glad that you guys didn't vacate your viewership of this show, man. I'm so glad you guys are still sticking around. There we go. We do appreciate the support. I tried to warn Reg. I said, I told him, I tweeted, I said, I'm going to be insufferable today. It's got to be insufferable. I can't make promises. It won't. We got some good stuff today, too. But man, after last night's dynamite, was there a sour taste in my mouth? But I'm not sour to be talking ROH with Reg, with all of you watching. Thank you so much for tuning in. I don't know why you continue to, but I appreciate it nonetheless. <laughs> but we've got a lot to get through today. Thank you so much for uh, leaving a thumbs up on this video if you would be so kind. For sending in your super chats, not humper chats tonight, because I only have access to the super chat side of this. So if you could stick to that in ways you support us monetarily, that would be great. And of course, to subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Some ladies wrestling news breaking there about Miss Mariah May. Um, some ladies news about Megan Biscayne, which was very cool. Did I say her name right? Is that her name? Did I get it right? Uh, I don't know. Where I said her name last on? night and I don't think it was right either. My apologies if I get it wrong. I always feel bad when I get talents names wrong, but um, some good developments on that front. Tons of contract news coming up in 2024, and we've got pay-per-views around the corner. We got full gear. We got World's End. We got Survivor Series. So much happening. Thank you. Megan Bain. There it is. Bain, yeah. Like, even easier than I made mm -hmm. it, which is usually what I do to myself. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Reg... This actually wasn't a bad episode of ROH. It was very hard for me to set aside what they did to the TV title last night um, while watching this through this lens. And what's frustrating is it feels so much like one step forward, two steps back. We've run into this time over time over time of feels like they're heading in the right direction. Something sets it back. Feels like we're getting a refresh. Something sets it back. We've been getting more logical stories. We've been getting all these things. And then the most successful title holder of the TV title just decides he doesn't want it anymore. 
Like there's some rule that you can't have two titles if you're going after the AEW World Championship. Not here. Um, nope, nope. Uh, could have just had Keith Lee win yesterday with interference from Shane Taylor. Could have had him drop in a triple threat or a, a four-pack if they wanted him to be protected going into this inevitable program with MJF. But uh, it was actually difficult for me to sit down and watch this from like an objective place today because I was so frustrated by that. Let's start there before we get into the episode because that was obviously huge news. There's supposed to be an announcement about what the plan was tonight. And the announcement was that there is an announcement next week because if there's anything we love under this brand, it's announcement fatigue. <laughs> but at least hopefully that means there's a tournament coming. Wish they would have just said, hey, there's a tournament coming. We'll announce the bracket next week because... Um, on the off chance people were tuning in because of what happened yesterday. This doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, but let's start with Samoa Joe vacating. Let's get your thoughts on if you're as frustrated as I am. But then let's also turn it into who do you want to see take over that TV title spot? <sighs> it's a wave of emotions that I went through, Kate. As Samoa Joe lays down the championship in the ring last night, I'm like, okay, this is happening. This is interesting. The crowd was shocked. I was shocked. Everybody was shocked. It was like they're hamming up him being a 574-day uh, ROH TV champion. We're getting into all of this. He's stalking Max on every episode of TV. So you're like, okay, he's over here. He's not really that much on Ring of Honor. Then he says, I'm vacating this thing. And it's like, Okay, on one hand, that sucks. It's awful. Like, everything, like, as Kate and I, we cover this show every single week. We have to sit here. We speculated who who's going to defeat him for the championship. We talked about how great his run is. We talked about all these things. And for it to come to an end like that feels like, oh, really? Like, after all that, that's what happens. He just lays it down in the ring and we're out of here. We forgot about it. It's gone. See you tomorrow. Feels a little bit underwhelming considering what we kind of, the, the dreams we had for the end of the Samoa Joe run. Very frustrating. But there are some things I understand about it. If you are trying to challenge MJF for the championship, not having this championship to distract you in the way. You're not on Ring of Honor anyway, so you might as well give it up. There's reasons why, but it just felt really deflating and defeating as an avid Ring of Honor watcher and reviewer. And so, yeah, I felt like you with this episode, Kate. It felt like... Okay, like, does any of this matter? Because Samoa Joe showed that it, you could do all that you want in the world, and then it's not going to matter because you'll just lay this belt down. and get, I'm like, Athena, just take your belt to a Collision tomorrow and uh, lay your belt in the ring and say you're done here and you want to challenge for the AEW Women's Championship because that's what you could do. 100%. And the chat pointing out and something I wanted to bring up, what's even more frustrating about this was he was the TV title holder for both brands at the same time already, right? So... Mm -hmm. Uh, this idea that having two is a distraction or that he's unable to do it is is a load of crap. The way you could have brought that in is he could have said, the reason I lost the TBS title was because I was distracted by this other one. Could have done something there. Plenty of ways to protect him in losing this, to invest 575 days or whatever into someone and to have no payoff for it. Is really frustrating. If they did that with Roman Reigns, if they did that with Gunther, people would be really upset by that. I'm not convinced they aren't going to do that with Roman Reigns, by the way, and which I will complain on Fridays about the exact same thing in the exact same way. But um, 
yeah, I, I share that pain point with you on, on that front. And I also similarly understand that you don't want to have him look weak going into this program with MJF. Uh, yeah, as I was going to say, cause like, is if we're speaking of payoffs, like, isn't Samoa Joe's payoff? Like I was a badass champion. I relinquished that. Nobody could even beat me for that. I was so good about it. So like, I mean, we, he's still going to have that accolade. Does it like kind of negate the whole thing for you? Do you think at the end here, Kate, of like, he did all that and kind of gave it up at the end, but it still was, you know, this monstrous run. It was still a monstrous run. I think part of the frustration is as a fan, I just don't like that kind of booking. I don't like that. They did that with Asuka and NXT. I don't like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand why you're investing all this equity into that if you're not making a new star. Plus, on top of that, you're talking Samoa Joe and ROH. Whoever beats him is a made person in that situation. Um, And there's ways to do it and have him be protected. Like, you could have just as easily told the story as, I'm unbeatable, so now I have to take on three guys at the same time. And Tony Nese eats a pin and we're golden, right? Like, Mm -hmm. nothing really lost there actually do it on ROH TV. Nobody's tuning in about other than us anyway. Um, so that piece of it is frustrating from the, what was the point of that long of equity in it? Uh, the other piece of it is he hasn't been defending lately. And I was thinking about it's not a secret that like one of my favorite angles on the show was that Zack Sabre Jr. title match mm-hmm. um, that they never had TV champion versus TV champion. They built it out with this perfect tag angle going into it. And they never paid it off. And I was like, I think part of the reason that I loved that angle was so much was not only because it was two of my favorite wrestlers in the whole wide world that really well executed. It was just an angle for this title. His other defenses were all like tournaments and one-offs and on AEW television. So if the idea is like, I'm unbeatable, the lack of stories we got during this two-year title reign is also an albatross around the neck of this thing because... um, I was like, those are two of my favorite guys, but Samoa Joe is also one of my favorite guys. And I was also very hyped for Dalton, and I was also very hyped for Shane Taylor. But I was like, those were both tournament builds. We didn't get, like, any stories in this almost two-year reign. So, uh, or year and a half reign, I guess, more appropriately. So I, I think the unbeatable champion thing works if you've been doing the the way Orange Cassidy was defending, right? Um yeah. But we we didn't really get a ton of juice out of it. And then half the juice that we got out of it, they didn't even pay off. So <laughs> very, very, very frustrating. Very, very frustrating. Yeah, I understand all of it. And uh, hopefully this will lead to somebody holding the championship that we do actually see on this program. That could maybe be the bright side of this. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a, but... To, to your reaction, it's very hard to be optimistic because we've said this time over time, right? And I think the mindset that I was in going into yesterday was, or the past two weeks realistically was, I don't like that all the titles are being held hostage by AEW talent, but if they drop them at final battle, I get it because you're now making the next people to take it over. A lot of these guys have ROH uh, history, so I don't like the way we're biding time, but if you're going to have them drop at the pay-per-view, I at least understand the mentality that's there. Right. Right. Um, now the trio's titles aren't there. MJF is still holding the tag titles hostage. The TV title has been vacated and God bless Eddie Kingston for showing up to work tonight and being in the main event slot and having a world title match. 
we're at least getting some stories there. We'll talk about what happened at the end of this episode with Dalton Castle as well, which I was encouraged by. But you're rendering so many of your own titles obsolete. Why am I paying $9.99 as a viewer to tune in if you're telling me? Yeah, Shibata not being around with the pure title is another thing, right? So I forgot about Shibata. That's the problem. How do you forget about Shibata? Because mm-hmm. he's not on your TV. So if you're telling me your titles aren't important, that is an inherent issue with your program. So um, Matthew Hooks, thank you so much for chiming in saying, I do think Final Battle is a reset. It feels that way. I agree with you, but it is becoming a Boy Who Cried Wolf thing of, I've thought that so many different times over the past year and a half that this was a reset. This was a reset. We're going to have roster clarity. We're going to have division clarity. Different people are taking over booking, whatever. Um, and here we are. We have Samoa Joe telling you that the TV title is useless on AEW television. So <laughs> I don't know. But let's dive in. Guys, feel free to get in your super chats if you want to talk about anything ROH related, including tonight's episode. Uh, overall, when I was able to kind of set aside all my crankiness here, we mm-hmm. had we had some good stories that were coming out of this. I still am wondering where the hell Stu Grayson is, but uh we have Serpentico and Tony Nice opening the show and this is a story that's built out it doesn't feel like and I hate to be this person but I was cranky going into it so here you go it doesn't feel like the ROH style a little bit is my only complaint here but I love Ethan Page feeling important this is a well-built wrestling story but ultimately this ends with Tony Nice. Coming back with a spinning heel kick after taking some punishment to set up that pump handle slam. But Ethan Page coming out with a microphone saying he was ready for a group training. He's there in his his workout gear. I loved it. Uh, And that was a distraction for Nice long enough to get rolled up by Serpentico. Page said instead of group training, which is obviously canceled out, he was going to go celebrate with Serpentico. Very nice tree of woe spot in here from Tony Nice as well. they're going to run into a thing of this not feeling inherently like ROH because ROH is mostly built on clean wins and losses while having that be at friction with the fact that they are usually performing in either in front of either a fatigued live crowd or an unwarmed up live crowd. So I can't argue that giving Ethan Page a live mic is a good idea in that situation. I'm also just confused because Tony Nese is getting 50-50'd a lot as well. I can't <laughs> tell if he's important on my program or not. But right. other than that, uh, no no real issues. What were your thoughts on our opening match here? Yeah, it kind of felt a little bit sports entertainment-y at points, which uh, has seemed to be a complaint about AEW in uh, points. So um, it felt like that when Ethan Page came out in the RIP to Bray Wyatt, the Bray Wyatt-style uh, workout gear doing the jumping jacks and all that. And it was like, okay, I like the story that they were telling with Ethan Page before, how he was a winner. Now they're trying to make him like in, he's a loser. So I don't really understand what they're doing. Like you said, they should give Ethan Page a live mic though. Um, Serpentico's been doing good in this position, I think, of being an, an enhancement talent in, in multiple ways. And uh, Tony Nese, not for nothing, has been getting some pretty good wins beyond the uh, sports entertainment stuff. So, I mean, good for him in that sense. Agreed. And while we both agreed that we hate the SAP name, I can't, I can't yeah. deny that that theme is like pretty, it's, it's a banger, man. It's that like, <laughs> it's so <laughs> extravagant for like little Serpentico coming out there. It's mm-hmm. kind of fun, but it is interesting that they've gotten Serpentico some wins. I'm intrigued 
kind of to see where that goes, if it's just to make him feel a little bit more viable or if it's going to lead somewhere. But he has been getting wins in some sneaky ways, so not Mm -hmm. too shabby. We get a backstage here with Lexi Nair and Action Andretti and Darius Martin. Speak about the problems that they've got with Shane Taylor Promotions before their partners uh, enter for their eight-man tag tonight. They're just typing up the match here. Great to see the infantry in action. They seem to be feeling important. Their personalities also are showing through a little bit more. I don't know what we're not doing with Trisha Dora, but uh, I this was a, a perfectly fine promo. This is just to kind of hype up the match later in the night. I don't know if there's anything you want to jump in on with that. Yeah, I kind of like how the infantry feel like main characters on the show. I think that's kind of the main thing. Like Action and Darius are definitely along for the ride too and making their mark but like the infantry is like establishing themselves as one of those teams to watch here and that's what's kind of coming out of this whole episode agreed agreed we got shane monster saying collision unfortunately is to blame for always losing the feeling i don't know about that uh tk couldn't even think about a cw deal because roh talent are aew talent first now i don't think tony khan could think about a cw deal because i believe the agreement is all the wrestling that is happening in AEW is happening under the Warner umbrella. From my right. understanding, that's what we're gearing towards. So, and to be honest, I feel like Collision might be playing a role in it and how it's being taken on the road. But ROH lost its feeling before our, like Collision was even in their right. eye. To me, it felt that way as soon as they got away from the Orlando tapings because um, – the Orlando tapings forced you to have eight weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks of a story and a plan to work towards. And as soon as that, I can't remember which pay-per-view it was. Was it the final battle previously? Are we at a year of this already? Mm. Um, it just, it's just felt like kind of a mess. So I see, I see what you're saying, but it, it was starting to feel that way to me before that even happened. I don't know about you, Ridge. Yeah, maybe I think you're maybe thinking a supercar to honor where Eddie Kingston was in against Claudio and then Mark Briscoe had the match. Like, yes, after that, that's when everybody was like, uh, and then it kind of went. But it, it really comes down to, I think, the tapings like that energy that they brought those first couple of weeks, first couple of months were just so great. Different. It felt like, oh, Ring of Honor's back. That felt different. And then them, it's just them being attached to a live taping. That's like I wanted the model to work, but it's just so hard combined with everything else to get ring of honor over in that sense i mean i don't think a lot of these shows have been affected that much like sometimes it's like there's 10 people watching this this is crazy but um just that whole thing was never gonna work as a whole that ain't even the problem at this point though no you're right and what i do agree with in that super chat very much thank you for it by the way was that the roh talent are AEW talent first it feels like a hybrid that doesn't work. Like it feels mm-hmm. like Don Castle feels like an ROH talent, right? Action Andretti isn't doing a ton of AEW appearances. He's in ROH. So I can start to line up the chess pieces a little bit, but then there's this other st- side of it that just feels like a who's available in the back kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, which is definitely affects the feel of the program. Cause that's what makes it feel like it's not a priority to me. Right. But the thing that we can always rely on, Reg, is the goddess herself, Athena, defeating Heidi. I always want to say Horowitz. Howitzer, I believe, mm-hmm. is how it's said. Uh, in a really fun match. Very nice to see Heidi here. I hope that means Max might be on the way back. I love them. Uh, but we got Athena knocking 
with the knockout forearm for the win. And of course, after the match, Athena drilling her with a super kick before throwing her into the belt. Notably, Billy Starks not there to stop this from happening. Uh, this was great. There was also a really nice German suplex in here with Athena that just as a nice reminder of like, hey, I can do this to opponents of all sizes. Like it looked really, really good in here. This story continuing with Billy and Athena has been great. She's their best champion and the only one that's not allowed on main roster programming. I can't not point that out every time because it's unfair, but this is really, really great. Um, I was happy to see Heidi on my television and Ian Riccoboni also making reference to Max, who is in NWA, but those contracts are loosey-goosey kind of like uh, impacts can be. So mm -hmm. what were you, your thoughts on our women's match? It was kind of fun to see Athena pick on someone a little bit bigger than her, I thought. Yeah, there's a few bright, shining spots that no matter how cranky we are, are going to shine through. And of course, <laughs> the Athena, Billy Stark story, uh, Lexi Nair is also part of it, that they're telling uh, continuously throughout this Ring of Honor show is... Uh, Great as always, the the promo that they had earlier where Athena was actually like, you know, you've been impressing me recently. Uh Starks, you're climbing up the rankings of being a minion in all of this was really strong. And then her for her to come out here, beat up on somebody, like you said, a little bit bigger of her, is uh really awesome, man. Because um if nothing we can get out of this show, Athena's still gonna come through and be the MVP and give us exactly what we want. So there's never any complaints there. Every time, every time with Athena. And you're right, the show did open with a promo of Athena saying that the suspension from Minion University has mm -hmm. been lifted here uh, for, for Billy Starks because she was impressive last week and Billy doing this great empathetic act of, um, no matter what I do, I can't seem to impress you, man. Just was so much fun. She's absolutely knocking this out of the park. More on that to come because we get some more action later with that very same group. But before that, we get what I thought was a really good match between Kyle Fletcher and Lee yes. Dawson. I love this. This is probably my match of the night, I would say. Kyle Fletcher is 24. What? Like, yeah. it blows my mind every time. Um, I We're so lucky to have this generation of young talent that, like, my God, him and Daniel Garcia is 25 and Kose Fujita is 21. Like, it's insane how great wrestlers are at the wrestling aspect of this, including the psychology part of this, this young. It is like a very, very refreshing thing. And I think as a direct result of competition in wrestling right now on a grand scale, because right. you don't just have the performance that are leading to things. Like, this is a really, really cool thing to have. Um, and it's it's just an embarrassment of riches. I can't get over how good Kyle Fletcher is this young, but really fun finishing sequence where we get Kyle Fletcher talking some trash before getting kicked in the face. We get Lee Johnson getting Fletcher into a top rope uh, before hitting a really nice-looking superplex. Lee Johnson, man, most improved over the past few months by a, mm -hmm. by a mile here. He also follows it up with a frog splash for a near fall, but Fletcher... Hitting Johnson with a drop kick before that leg lariat and a tombstone for the win. This was very fast paced, very fun. I'm so impressed by Kyle Fletcher's ability to scale his pace, his strength, and his moveset to work with any opponent. Like him being this versatile, this young is so incredible to me. 
Lee Johnson and him were speaking the same language this whole match. I felt like they had mm-hmm. excellent chemistry. Wouldn't be mad if they ran it back with a story behind it of some sort, but what a what a surprising and fun match. And of course, Shane Taylor promotions watching backstage, which also meant that Shane Taylor was at a oh no, that would have been collision. My bad. I was gonna say if that <laughs> meant he was at dynamite yesterday and they still no. didn't do that, I would have lost my mind. That means he was at collision. All right, you get right. one. You get yeah. one AEW, but uh, this this is fun, even though Lee Johnson lost. I thought he looked great here. And what can we say about Kyle Fletcher at this point? My God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Lee Johnson's under 25, too, or young and around that age, too. So, like, the crop that they have, MJF, of course, just posted that freshman list yesterday with Ridiculous. The, the young talent. And that's the future of the business. And it was on display here. Kyle Fletcher has been put in so many positions, whether it be with Mark Davis and Ozzy Open, or just as a singles where he's excelled and you're like, wow, this kid's really, really, really good at this. This was one of those matches where you're like, oh man, he's like, he just gets everything. Like him and Lee Johnson locked in at one point where they're just trading things back and forth, both super young in the business, but they both really get it already. Like you said, Lee Johnson is so improved in what we've seen at him, the beginning of his AEW career and him kind of playing a background character to establishing himself here in Ring of Honor has been a big jump. And wherever he's training, whatever he's doing is working a lot. Man just got married. He is shining out here. Congrats to him and Julia Hart. Off rip for that. And uh, he's looking really good out here. The future of what's going on here, they need to be a part of whatever this uh, TV title situation is. There's going to be a tournament, a battle royal, whatever they're doing. These two people need to be a part of it. Would be nice to know what they were doing, wouldn't it, Reg? Would be nice. What's crazy is you said Kyle Fletcher is young in this business. He's got a decade behind him. These UK yeah. kids start so young, Sick. and it really, really shows up. But some people in the chat, too, pointing out Julia Hart is 22. Sky Blue is 25. Like, it is so cool to see 22. this younger generation. 22 years old. <laughs> and, like, not only has she come along in the ring so much, but, like, I mean, who's a more compelling character right now than her? Like, unbelievable work. Just happens with hard work. That's all there is. That's, That's it. all there is to get you yeah. there, man. We got a lot more people joining us now than at the beginning of the show. Maybe they realize there's a group therapy session going on for ROH here. But because of that, I'll remind you to please get in your super chats if there's anything that you would like to send along to talk about ROH-wise in general or tonight's show. Please also leave a thumbs up on this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're not. We appreciate the support. You guys are always so good to us. Doc Mueller saying Fletcher will have a world title by 2025. Bet on it. I would hope at least a title that is a tag title would be nice. I feel Mm -hmm. so bad for Mark Davis. I, I really do like them as a tag team so i would like to see that um and if will osprey's on his way over man you got a lot of united empire blood in the house like lots of fun to be had there so but yeah he's he's just a phenom um and he keeps getting better it's just very cool to see very cool to see yeah gosh nick wayne Mm -hmm. it was i will say dynamite outside of the samojo stuff and part of the reason i was so frustrated about the samojo stuff was i felt like dynamite was really strong yesterday Mm -hmm. and i felt like they went out of their way to make the statement that they are putting some of that young talent back on the radar and so 
to have Samoa Joe be like, but we're not going to put everyone over in, in this spot was maddening to me. But it is nice that um, it felt like they're maybe everything's hitting a reset button right now. So I may not like the way they're getting there, but I'll continue to have hope and then have it ruined because. Yeah, if that's, I was going to say, if that's the worst thing, but that's pretty bad. I was going to say, that's the worst <laughs> thing about the show, but like, that's bad. Like, it's big bad, though. <laughs> it was one of my very few complaints, though, right? Like, that's. Yeah. What, it's like 90% of the show was great. And then this 10% maybe went to punch my television. Right. It's such an annoying thing to have happen. But hopefully by final battle, it'll turn around. And if it doesn't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe we're going to vacate the show. I don't know what to tell you guys. But I'll tell you what's not being vacated. And that's great women's wrestling on Ring of Honor. We get Layla Hirsch defeating Charlotte Renegade, who, of course, has her sister that is not her twin in her corner. <laughs> The finish here was Robin distracting the referee to let Charlotte grab a chair, but Rachel Elring taking the ch- taking Robin out with a forearm looked great today. Um, and the referee catching Charlotte with the chair and taking it away, which allows Layla Hirsch to lock in the cross arm breaker, which always looks so good for the win. A really nice side to suplex in this as well. Um, I like where this is going. I like the continuation of the story with Maria, which we see later. Layla says that she does want Maria's help, essentially. And she said, it seems like you already got help. You got this fun gal pal coming Mm -hmm. down to help you out. You guys seem to be besties. Why would I still want you? So adding intrigue in a sound storytelling way with all of this. um, I'm never going to complain when Layla Hirsch is on my television. I just think the world of her as a, a wrestler, I think she's so great. This was a lot of fun. Good use of the Renegades. Your thoughts on this? I uh, kind of like Layla Hirsch kind of playing into the story of, uh, yeah, I did the thing with Maria. I'm still kind of in talks with her, but also like I'm still about to beat everybody up, like on the way of figuring out what I'm exactly doing here. And this is just a good old fashioned uh, fight right here. The uh, Renegade twins are, of course, continuously on our TV, becoming a staple of Ring of Honor television. And I like everything I see from them. I think they're very talented in their positions and uh this is our these are good stories being told if anything out of the ring of honor show the the women's segments are pretty ex- they're pretty exceptional recently and i like the role that layla uh, hirsch is playing i like what rachel ellering's doing uh of course starks and athena i think they got a lot of good things going on there agreed and you know we had kind of said or i had said and you certainly didn't raise objection to kind of over and over again like if you don't have a tag division what do you do with this tag team and this is a story that helps figure that out, right? It isn't just interference spots. It's spots that are matched by someone else coming down here. And maybe you get Rachel Elring and uh, Charlotte, right? So mm-hmm. they've they figured out ways to make it feel relevant without it feeling like atrociously overbooked, which I appreciate because Lord knows right. we got enough of that in this world. Mm. <laughs> so we got another backstage with Athena and Billy Starks. Uh, we have, oh, is this from, from earlier? Oh, uh, we, we get the scolding of, about being friendly with Willow Nightingale. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. that's what we got here. Athena telling Starks to keep her violent streak with Rachel Elring, uh, later in the night. And Athena noting that final battle was in her hometown, which is an interesting thing that I'd completely forgotten about. And she couldn't wait to see which 
porcelain hussy she would be look i love my minion phrasing but porcelain hussy is just one of the funniest things i've ever heard come out of someone's mouth at a promo and i am the the demographic being attacked there i still find it hysterical uh, i forgot about this being in athena's hometown do you think that means maybe we do get a title switch at some point uh, I mean, that plays into it pretty heavily. When she started talking about it in the promo, I was like, ooh, what does that mean? For who? What are we going to do here? Because it doesn't final battle mark a year for her title reign, too, and, and stuff like this. So, uh, I believe so, yes. Yeah, I think this is like, it could be a culmination if she hits a year, or it could be somebody's, this is like a perfect setup for uh, somebody to take that championship. It's her hometown. She's been building this story with somebody here. I think it'd be a good time for them to strike right here and maybe make Billy Starks the next a, a Ring of Honor women's champion. I almost said AEW. I wish. That's okay. They're confused too, so don't even <laughs> worry about it. <laughs> What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It is what it is. Look. I'm so disheartened, man. Like, I just, I I love this brand so much. And it was off to such a great start when they were in Orlando. And the pay-per-views are always great. And it feels like they just coast because that's the case, which is very, very frustrating to me. But like final battle's gonna go off real hard, I'm sure, and we'll be like, Oh yeah, that was a great show, but like there's gotta be some more. And then they'll be like, oh. <laughs> Twist the knife on me. But to your point earlier, women's wrestling on the show is fantastic. Thursday nights is where it's at for women's wrestling, man. It's okay. kind of everywhere right now, but between this and impact. Later, that you're going to hear Joel talk about Deanna Perrazzo versus Tasha Steeles, which I'm sure is going to be fantastic tonight. Uh, Joel will be flying solo tonight. Cresta has the night off. I offered to step in, and he was like, no, I hate you. And I said, fine. I didn't want to watch Impact anyway, and I can't because I'm doing this show. So, uh, But you will have Joel getting the rundown for you guys for Impact slash soon-to-be TNA. Again, what's old is new again here in 2023 and wrestling. So stay tuned for that. Um, he will need your help tonight more than ever because he chose to fly alone on this. So that's what's up. But before we get to that, we got some more ROH to run down, including this Iron Savages, Cole Carter, Griff Garrison match, which the booking 
whilst what I prefer makes less sense to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you have the Iron Savages winning here with the Transformer Splash, which is great. They're talking about eating butts. They're yeah. talking about the sauce. <laughs> they look great. I'm here for their ridiculousness. I liked them when they were bear country and they were just two big intimidating guys with a cool look to them. I'm also in an extremely silly version of this, but like, it's funny to have been so bought in on a team that is now like 180 to their personalities. Mm-hmm. I still love them, but it's just funny because when I, I like recall when I was like, these guys are awesome. They're still awesome, but now they're out here talking about eating. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> I don't want to get demonetized. So yeah. the big thing in here is we have Maria distracting Bronson with her hotness, which if I looked like that, I would be distracting people all the time with my hotness. Um, but that allows Carter to back body drop him on the ramp. But ultimately, Carter sending Bronson to the floor, Boulder crashing into both Carter and Garrison with the crossbody, which lets the Savages win with that Transformer splash. Fun little tag match. I just, uh, the distraction not ending up in the loss kind of makes this a funny one from the booking perspective, but no complaints. I actually thought, don't be mad. I thought this was one of the better showings for Cole Carter, to be honest. It's crazy because I was going to come on this show and say the same thing. Hey! Things are crazy outside. This is a really fun tag match. I mean, Iron Savages are just one of those teams that we talked about here on the pod before that. You can put them in there with anybody and they're going to have a really fun match. And Cole Carter and Griff, Griff Garrison at, at points I've been like, Oh God, but you know what? They really starting to put it together. Cole Carter at one point hit uh, the very rare no tuck 450 splash where you yes. don't tuck. You just hit, <laughs> you just go all, all flight. I liked it. It was great. Um, and Griff Garrison, I think is shining very hard. His tag team partner, his former tag team partner has been in the news very recently, a lot for people. And I think uh, he's Looking chugging along. <laughs> Looking for pockets drawn on his beard, like all kind of things like stuff. It's like really interesting what's going on here, but Griff Garrison's not letting any of that take him over. He's forming this new tag team and uh, I'm not mad at it. This was a fun match. So my introduction to Griff Garrison was when he was in a tag team with Andrew Everett, uh, Andrew, the giants and ROH years ago. And I, I thought he was great. Like I always really liked Griff Garrison and there seemed to be more of an emphasis. This isn't, meant to be disparaging to Brian Pillman Jr. at all, but it felt like there was an emphasis on him and the Varsity Blondes, and I was kind of like, oh, I I feel like there's more magic with the other guy. Like, that was just my read on it. So I wasn't, like, thrilled about the Cole Carter pairing, but this was, I think, the best showing that they've had. Like, this this definitely had the most energy to it. I'm glad that he has had a chance to shine here. And I know people are talking about Brian Pillman's beard or Lexus King's beard, (laughs) and I know... They're dunking on him for his fake pockets. But if you are a woman who has ever worn a dress <laughs> with those fake pockets, you understood oh, yeah. that pain. That is so mm. annoying. But it was mm. very funny and a very like personal promo to have him being like. And then some women, uh, shout out to them, drawing their eyebrows like he draws on his beard. So yeah, like, there you go. The connections are connecting. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I've I have blonde eyebrows. And so you got to do like the fill in stuff, but you got to, you got to be careful with that. Cause some of them are wild, man. <laughs> it's, you look like a Disney villain. Yeah. It's not scary. good. Looking. It's scary. Like, are you mad right now? Like, uh... <laughs> what, what did I do? I don't understand. I love it. You gotta relax. 
Well, we do get our Billy Starks match with Rachel Allring, and damn if Billy Starks isn't great at this. Speaking of young talents, like, it just blows me away how much, for someone who kind of came up through GCW and is known for her, like, love of backyard wrestling and stuff, like, her ability to execute just really great fundamentals mm-hmm. is top-notch. Like, that, she does not use her love for that as a crutch at all. Like, her wrestling foundation is very, very strong, and I felt like that showed up a lot tonight with Rachel Elring because Rachel Elring's also going to bring that side out of things, right? Um, you noticed it last week, and I noticed it last week, and now I kind of can't unsee it. She has a very long frame. Like, yeah. and I think Athena's on the shorter side anyway, but I've noticed it more in in segments and it doesn't she's bother tall. me at all. But she's very tall and, and lanky. Like she she's got some long limbs over there. And I've been noticing that more and more. And sometimes that's really, really fun in in ring when you have um shorter opponents, especially. But it was it was cool with Rachel Elring to kind of see some disparities in there too. But you have Starks winning uh by sending Elring to the floor. And then uh, following her out with a tope, getting her back or hitting her in the barricade. That barricade spot was nasty first. <laughs> and then uh, getting her back into the ring where she hit the Swanson bomb. Great looking Swanson bomb mm-hmm. for the win. Uh, you also had Athena jumping L ring after the bell with Starks joining in after a second. And Layla Hirsch running both of them off. That leads into the promo I discussed a little bit earlier with Maria. Uh, but uh, an interesting I love when they show us and don't show us things mm-hmm. like Billy joining in now um, instead of shirking off the post-match beatdowns like th- right. these things are the development that I like to see in long-term nuanced stories thought the match was great Rachel Elring looking more and more comfortable week over week in this ROH setting really good stuff from from my end what did you think yeah these are two really strong women's wrestlers that uh, it's crazy how the progression of Billy Starks, like you said, I think it's really interesting talking about her being taller and her long limbs because her dad, shout out to mouse. He always posts pictures of her. Like, Oh, this was her at some NXT signing and 20 blah, blah, blah. And she looks so little and she's <laughs> not little like that anymore. No, she's, yeah. she's not a full grown adult. That's here wrestling, having great matches with people like Rachel Ellering. And it's just like crazy to see that she went from that to like being a prominent role in Ring of Honor. Rachel Ellering, I think, has been a great pickup just being in every position that they put her in. I think that she's been a a great spot for it. And this is another one of just like you could put her out there, put her. They built a little bit of stock of her in the last few weeks. So she feels believable. And uh, Billy Starks getting a wind over her, I think, is really big going into final battle season, going into all of this and then playing up into her listening more to Athena in the end, putting the boots to her. Great stuff. Agreed. Agreed. And we saw some more investment with the Hex, right? Mm-hmm. I did want to mention because we had been asking about Trisha Dora. We've been asking about Lady Frost. Lady Frost did say on Twitter that she's been out for a few weeks with an injury. Yep. It sounded somewhat minor. It's only been about three weeks, but uh, just for some clarity around that, since that's something that I've been harping on mm-hmm. at least week over week. Trisha Dora, I don't know why she hasn't been in action, but she has a huge match coming up with New Japan Strong. So very much looking forward to seeing her and Julia rip each other apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if she's, um, if there's any 
specialty treatment around that in a sense. Like if, if she's not supposed to compete for a certain time beforehand or whatever, this feels far enough out from that, that maybe not. But um, I hope Trish Dora, if she's not signed, like I hope they at least get her back on television and feeling important in matches. Cause I can't imagine she wouldn't be a top prospect to work everywhere else in the world. Maybe right. that's good. Maybe she'll have some sort of just open, I work wherever the heck I want kind of thing. But, mm-hmm. man, if I'm AEW, I'm snatching her up. Here's a contract, lady. Give it to her. She needs it. Yeah, the infantry needs it. That's mm-hmm. that's a unit right there. I'm telling mm-hmm. you. So in a match that will be shorter than this recap of it, Josh <laughs> Woods defeating Bishop again. Nice to see Bishop back. Uh, you had him getting a boot in the corner for a charge, but Woods just kneeing him out of a high cross attempt and Woods with that chaos theory for the win said before I'll say it again I get the temptation to want to keep Josh Woods feeling really strong Shibata hasn't been around so you have to have him as the pure division guy he's really good in the ring and we should be seeing him wrestle real matches because of that like he is not the I squash everyone guy now he's the technical beast We've gotten the beast part. Let <laughs> let us see some techers, all right? We got Drillistico and Gravity later. If Reg can get a yeah. spot, food, why can't I get my techers on? Man, let's mm-hmm. go. So, But sincerely, like I, I think it would do them a world of good if Josh Woods had some longer matches so people that are less familiar with him get to see what like he's really capable of because the mm-hmm. chaos theory always looks vicious from a guy like that. But... Uh, let him show you what he can do in the ring. And can we get some more pure matches on my television, please, Rich? Yeah, because right now, Josh Woods just feels like pure division Wardlow. And it's like, I don't want pure division <laughs> Wardlow. Like, dude, like, what's going on here? Like, I'm, I I appreciate the, the, the fight and the fire, and you're showing that you're going to beat up Shibata, but it's like every single match can't be a squash match. Cool German suplex here. I do like that they're telling the story. Hopefully, he is the one we can't get some kind of wins off of these title reigns that Josh Woods is the one to beat uh, Shibata at this point because he's been one main one of being like, I want that championship every week. He's talking about that. So that could be the good that comes out of this. But yeah, we can't continuously have these squashes every week. Yeah, and I don't... Did Mark Sterling come out with him? It happened so fast, I, I can't even remember. But it didn't... I don't... He did Somebody out was him. out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this happened in the blink of an eye, so I forgot so to send in my notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> RH chiming in with the chat. Thank you so much for doing so. Saying every ROH champion but Athena can appear on AEW. Just what is going on? Yeah, you're not helping your women's division critiques, of which I am really loud and annoying about. Uh, Also, if Athena vacates her title on AEW, I will burn down the internet. (laughs) I think everyone will. I think everyone will, largely because she has been there every week and there is a long term story in play. That would be even more egregious because she has been the pillar of this entire program. So Mm -hmm. with you on that. Well, this was weird. We get action and ready. Darius Martin and the infantry defeating Shane Taylor promotions who choose the wingmen. Yeah. You know, I love my wingmen. I love them. Shane Taylor and the workhorsemen was weird. But I was like, I can buy into it because of the style a little bit. Shay Taylor Promotions and the Wingman? What are we doing? Come on, man. Unless you're setting up Shane Taylor Promotions versus the Wingman, which it looks like we might be a little bit. Uh, I don't 
there's doesn't it read maybe Shane Taylor promotions in the infantry versus action already Darius Martin and the wingman? They're telling the story that Shane Taylor's like this great scout and he's always watching out for talent. I mean, like I like Ryan Nimith and uh, Peter Avalon, but like, those are the guys you chose. You know what I mean? Like in storyline purposes and like, that doesn't even make sense in any, you can't give me any scenario where I'm like, Oh yeah. What? There's no, there's no way I'm like, yeah, these are the guys that Shane Taylor chose. <laughs> right. Out of the whole locker room, like them. Nope. Nope. Never. That literally everybody on the other side of this, I would buy that he chose before he chose yes, the wingman. Any of them. So bizarre. But we do have Peter Avalon accidentally knocking uh, Shane Taylor with the punch here. I did like that because Peter Avalon, uh, has a great, oh, what did I just do face? Mm-hmm. And him punching a guy of Shane Taylor's size, stature, and presence uh, is just funny. Like, there's no, <laughs> no way around that. Um, but that leads to Shane Taylor and Lee Moriarty knocking Avalon out and Nemeth uh, leaving. Knocking out Avalon and Nemeth. <laughs> oh, sorry. Knocking them both out and leaving. Mm-hmm. The infantry hit the boot camp on Peter Avalon for the win. There were a lot of finishes here that were assisted or distractions, like the Ethan Page one, mm-hmm. um, what happened to the women's match earlier with Layla Hirsch, and this, which don't feel very ROH-y from a brand standpoint, which is frustrating. Uh, I like the presentation that feels like American New Japan. Let's just my shit so Mm -hmm. uh but i can't argue that it made wrestling sense the part that didn't make wrestling sense happened before this match where she picks the wingman right so no complaints about the the in-ring execution on this but this was kind of just happening and i i really want to see what happens with shane taylor promotions and for them to feel important this didn't send me in that direction at all Mm -mm. i do like the eight-man tag uh setting it's always a fun dynamic to kind of get everybody in there throwing that thing they got to get over a point of Ryan and his brother's comedy thing. So we did get a slight yes. Dolph Ziggler uh, thing on the Ring of Honor show. I guess that's worth something. Maybe that was the whole thing. Kate, they're like, look, we're about to have this guy here. His brother's here. We want to get in his good graces. Let's talk about his comedy show. If we put his brother in a tag match that they probably shouldn't be in. Whatever it happened, it is what it is. Shane Taylor promotions, though, I think can come out of that. Like we talked about here on the show, he's on the short list of people that should be considered for the Ring of Honor television championship coming off of what Samoa Joe did. So um, anytime that he continues to stay on the show, I think is a good idea. That I agree with 100%. We are coming down the home stretch, so stick around with us as we talk about these last couple matches and the promo that closed the show. We did get an announcement here about the TV title, which is that there's going to be an announcement about it next week. I could not have rolled my eyes any harder without them getting stuck in the back of my head. Like Mm -hmm. I just, they opened the show with commentary being like, there's a big announcement. And the announcement was that there's an announcement. No, thank you. Uh, But we do close the show on a positive note with a promo from Dalton Castle before we get there though. Drillistico with Jose the Assistant, who I guess Alex Abrahantes and Jose the Assistant just, you're Hispanic, yep. but with the luchadors who never have a story yep. and are just here to do in-ring stuff. Uh, 
Drillistico defeating Gravity. Really like what we're getting out of Drillistico early in this run that we've seen him in AW and ROH programming. He ties up Gravity in the ropes before a springboard Huracan Rana for a near fall that looked great in here, eventually winning with that corkscrew at Destroyer. He's looked awesome. He's looked awesome. His WWE run is mostly what I know him from, and it was rather inconsistent. So getting to see him in different environments that are more suited for him has been awesome. I don't follow a lot of CMLL or AAA or any any Lucha stuff, unfortunately, unless it's kind of in American Indies that creep their way onto my television. I wish I could. I wish I had more mm-hmm. bandwidth to watch it. But really nice seeing Drillistico look great in these early appearances on Rampage and here. Uh, your thoughts on this? Yeah, Jalistico's really, I, I like the contrast that him and his brother Roosh bring to the AEW style lucha division because Jalistico uh, specifically does like all the flashy luchador stuff you get, but he doesn't angry like he's mean about it because <laughs> he's, a, he's a bad, he's a rudo. So like, he's still going to do a hurricane Rana, but he's going to be mean about it. He's still going to do all the topes, but it's going to be angry topes. His mask is angry. Like everything about him is angry. So I think that's a good contrast and specifically for wrestlers like gravity who are just like happy go lucky. The luchador is going to slap hands with your kids and put their mask and all this stuff. And like, it's a good, a good contrast. I'm excited because they're having a match this week, and I'm going to the show tomorrow, uh, AEW Collision and Rampage, and they have a match. So I'm really interested in that. I think this is uh, um, Gravity. I'm still not all the way there with. Sure. Every okay. week I get a little bit more with him, but it's still like there's so many great luchadors that I'm like, all right, I, I, I understand why you guys are doing this, and maybe we're stalling until Bandito gets here, but like – there could be something more going on. I agree. I agree with you. I'm still not all the way there with gravity either, but these more recent appearances, I feel like have improved. Like I've liked them a little bit more. So some good stuff with this. I just wish they would put any luchadors at a story. Like Mm -hmm. the lucha bros aren't on a story on AEW. None of the great talent that they've had by Kingo. Like we, we haven't seen them in any sort of story. So if the story is that they can do some of the cool shit in the ring of the world, God bless them. It would be nice to have some more anchors in that, but we are seeing LFI creep their way back in. Right. So some good stuff on that front, but let's get some more stakes in the ground for our spot foo friends. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Agreed. Well, good news, Reg. It seems that Eddie Kingston cares about being the ROH world champion. So Thank God. he showed up with his title, which is good. We got this match versus Angelico. So glad I could just call him Angelico and stop Me pretending too. that I know how to speak Spanish. Everybody, the commentators too are like, Angelico, Angelico, Angelico. Yeah, he said Angelico, which means we don't have to know, pretend we know how to say Angelico or mm-hmm. well. Like, we're mm-hmm. just I'm a dumb white American. Let me live that way, okay? I'm trying to learn Japanese. That's mm-hmm. hard enough. I can't, I can't go make an H sounds at G's, all right? This is Angelico. Right. I'm, I'm sticking with it. But... A really good match here. Um, I really like what we got from this in just the fact that we had a world title match on ROH. Yes, mm-hmm. this is how starved we are for it. Had a world title match on ROH. It was in the main event. There was a story there. I'm just so happy for that, Reg. I almost don't even care what the story is or the match looks like. Yes. But thankfully, it was a good looking match. I mean, what bigger collisions of styles do you have than Eddie Kingston and Angelico, right? Like, 
Angelico has a mixed style and it's still nowhere near Eddie Kingston. So your champion retaining here. This was a fun way to close the show. It's a fun note to send people home on if this was the last thing on the show. I don't know if they taped in order or not, but it made sense to have your world championship in the main event. I will say that much. So refreshing to end the set of matches on that note for sure. Very glad to have my champion Eddie Kingston on the show. Glad he gives a shit about his title. Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts on our closing match here? Yeah, uh, probably like in the middle of this match, I had I got the feeling. I got the ring of honor feeling. Like you said, they told the story to get here. Angelico's been saying that he wants a title match. Eddie Kingston's like, I'll kick your ass. They've had a couple of face-offs. Like all the elements were there. And then the match, they're just having the match you would expect. Is Eddie Kingston doing his thing. Angelico's flying all over the ring, doing the technical stuff. Eddie Kingston trying to knock his head up. I was like, okay, like this is, it's not that hard, you guys. Just like take a couple of weeks to establish who the, who the contender is, have that contender in the main event match, and then we go home. It felt like this is good. Eddie Kingston feels like a great Ring of Honor champion, and this is everything I could have kind of expected. There's some great ex- strike exchanges here in, here in the match. Uh, Angelico's trying to tie him up. Eddie Kingston's like, stop trying to tie me up in this shit. He just like randomly get out of a submission because he doesn't want to be in it. It's like Eddie Kingston so... Eddie Kingston. This felt like that match, but I love them just building up a contender, giving that contender main event match, making Eddie Kingston look good, Angelico look good. Like all of it was just how you do a main event. Agreed entirely. Very refreshing to have those fundamentals coming into play here. Made me very happy. Uh, Caden saying Joe beat Keith Lee, then pulled a Keith Lee. (laughs) 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 Just done. Just done. Jesus. (laughs) Uh, We do close with a Dalton Castle promo that had me a little worried because the first half had me lost. And then he started talking about fondue. And I was like, he's back, baby. Mm -hmm. Because um, he kind of started with this Dalton Castle obsession to give the people what they want and what they need, which is very Dalton Castle. But that doesn't always work when there has been a very authentic, organic, groundswell for Eddie Kingston to have a title. So this kind of is what the people want and need Mm -hmm. in a sense. I know it's not his depiction of it, but it just got kind of off to a funky little start for me. Him saying that Eddie Kingston was ordinary. I was like, well, one thing that guy is not is ordinary at all. But then we came back around, Reg. He says he loves cheese. He's walking by a fondue place. It's closed. So what does he do? He cracks the window with his head shatters it that's why he has his little nose uh and black eye kind of underneath his glasses mm-hmm. he had some zoolander-ish looking uh male model no shirt underneath but winter sweater over his bare chest look going on too and he says that's exactly what he's going to do to eddie kingston sternum there's your dog castle classic lines love love loved that uh looks like we're heading towards Dalton castle and eddie kingston at roh if this is how you get a world title off of Eddie Kingston to have him go do more main roster stuff. That would not make me mad because Dalton Castle is an ROH guy. People mm-hmm. have been happy for Eddie. Kind of figured it might be a more transitional reign. I would be thrilled if Dalton Castle was your ROH world champion. Uh, if Eddie retains, I'm also super excited about that. I don't think Dalton Castle loses anything by losing to Eddie Kingston. This is a successful instance of an ROH program that makes sense. Would like to see more of that instead of people just giving up after 575 days. 
But a positive note to close the show on with that main event, with this promo, I was like, don't stray on me, Dalton. I need you. I need you right now to close the show strong. And he came back around with those fondue lines. Appreciated it. Your thoughts on not only this promo, but on what we can expect from a Dalton Castle, Eddie Kingston uh, program here. I feel like Eddie's going to get some fun jabs in. Yeah, a little bit of this promo, like you said, felt a little bit of heelish that Dalton Castle was coming because it's like, like you said, no, we wanted this Eddie Kingston thing. We were all behind him. We were happy for him to have this. And Dalton Castle's talking like he's the worst thing to ever happen to the Ring of Honor Championship. And we're like, no, not so much. But on the other end, like Dalton Castle has been telling the story throughout these a bunch of weeks that he wants to be the man in Ring of Honor. He's not here messing around. Like he's about saving Ring of Honor and restoring the faith. And I can't be mad at him for that, for being like, well, kind of on the same thing that Claudio was like, does this guy really have honor? I've been here. I've been doing it. I've been in the trenches. And it ain't the same like that for him. So, like, I'm going to take his championship. If that's where they're going with that, I think it's a, a good main event to have. Yes, and I also love, because Dalton Castle is so, like, the people deserve, like, this presentation. And who's mm. more different than that guy's presentation than Eddie Kingston? Like, exactly. I think this could lead to some really fun things. So, we closed on a strong note, at least, after all of the crankiness that I brought to the world. But speaking of bringing negative things into the world, Joel Pearl is here. Wait, oh, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, hey, Joel. How's it going, pal, buddy, old friend of mine? Well, you see, I'm celebrating tonight for you guys with uh, a very special hoodie. I don't know if you can see that. You see, you see that? The S and the J? Yeah. Yeah, you know who that stands for? Samoan Joseph. You bet. Mm. <laughs> Great to see you, Joel. Thanks I thought for it stood for a uh, Satinum Singh jacket. <laughs> That's the next one. <laughs> Joel's in a Satinum Singh jacket, you guys. <laughs> I got the J for Jarrett, too. Like it all actually kind of comes together a little bit. I like it's, where Reg's head is at. We're just trying to get through Team TNA here, so we got to do one at a time. That's it, exactly. When they also released that King of TV t-shirt at 1 p.m. today at awshop.com or shopaw.com, I was like, (sighs) (laughs) he just voluntarily gave up this title, man, and now you're releasing the t-shirt? What are we doing? I mean, they did, you know, he is getting back to work on a TV show probably. That's oh, good for him. Look, no, I'm just saying the facts. If there's one thing that wrestling companies love to do, it's the right hand not knowing what the left hand's up to. This happened in WWE a million times over. It's happening now in AEW. It's happened before. It's not the last time. It'll happen in Impact, for Christ's sake. It's going to be fun, and that's just the way it is. Impact yeah. is the perfect golden child. How dare you, sir? Have you, have you seen this? Everybody who's doing interviews is just like, Impact's got the best locker room. They got their drama free. They're this and that. Everyone loves to be there. I'd love to work twice a month too and get paid for it. That's great. <laughs> sure. Well, I got to say, their their social media is normally very on point, but I don't know about that alley tweet, man. That was a weird one. That was, that was a fake account. That was a parody account. Oh, it was a parody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that was a parody account. That's good. Though. You can't blame it on Garrett Kidney having uh, having COVID, which he does, and I hope he gets well soon. Oh, well, he's, he's on hurt. vacation anyway. But <laughs> good on him. That that impact TNA that tweet account. was garbage. It was wild. It. it was wild. Yeah. And, and wild. it's funny because I had made the joke about Ali. You know, they 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 offer on on impact. So it's like yeah. you don't come back from that. But I mean, 
you could pull an Eric Young and yep. be like in the dark realm, people can come back. I don't know, but I I I honestly on the on the alley front, wherever she goes and whatever she does, she's gonna have fun with it. I just hope she's she's doing well. That's all. Me too. Same. Me too. How was Impact tonight? You had Deanna versus Tasha, which I can't imagine was anything other than awesome. So, I mean, this is the Chicago tapings. This is what they taped after Bound for Glory. So we're still out of sync in terms of when things were taped because last week was UK and then they did Turning Point and now we're back to Chicago from three weeks ago. Mm. These matches, though, were really good. I still worry that we're not going to get anywhere in the next little bit because we have two months to kill. Sure. Uh, but yeah, Steels and Peraza was great. The main event, my God, go out of your way to watch Alex Shelley and Jonathan Gresham. Mm. Okay. Not, cool. not only for the reasons you expect from these two as wrestlers, but because Jonathan Gresham is finally, after months, a year almost of being a part of Impact, has a character that you can sink your teeth into. He's just a cheating son of a bitch. And it's yeah. great. Awesome. I'm gonna watch that. You awesome. gotta go out of your way. It's it's revitalized any love that I had for Gresham just tenfold. Because for a while we were saying, Crest and I were like, "What are we doing with this guy? What's the point? Like, is he gonna go back to Ring of Honor? Because he said he's on good terms with Tony Khan, and now it's like, maybe not. Maybe he wants to stick around for a bit an impact." Sure, I he think should. um, that's just good to hear too. Because he was like. He was in the top three wrestler in the world conversation. You know what I mean? Like top, mm-hmm. three, especially on the technical side. Um, and so hopefully this is a good revitalization for him. I can't imagine in ring that match was anything other than awesome. So right. I'll definitely be checking that out. And yeah, you guys are in kind of a, a weird little uh, purgatory until the new year about, right? They're taping in Toronto this Saturday, but it's IPWF. I'm not going next month. They're back in Toronto for final resolution. I might go for that. Kate might uh, have to might show up, up and, and, you know, beat up Steve Macklin with me. Uh, but yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to get in there. You're just going to beat up Steve Macklin. I will, I'll put it this way. I'll be involved in the altercation. Yes. Yes. By beating up Steve Macklin with me. I get it. Thank you. Um, that's just how I don't, I don't want to keep from that's an involvement or his lady. Like I'm, I'm good. Uh, it might be on the other side of things, but uh, yeah, I'm actually, I, I might go to that cause I will have driven half the way anyway. Cause I'll be going upstate that same weekend. So I might pop over for, for that hop over the border a little bit, but uh, I'm glad that you had fun stuff to talk about. And did you, you have a co-host? Yeah, no, like zero hour. I was I was called upon to uh, to have somebody join me. So I well, did. fantastic. Let's great guess in the perennial substitute teacher of Fightful, SP3, who said, "I'm done suffering through ROH with you fools. I'm gonna hop over to the Impact side of things with Joel." Lucky. Uh, no, this I've is- crossed the line. Thank you. I was <laughs> oh, crossing hey. the line, and mm. yes. The substitute teacher of Fightful, not the Rod building, the Rashawn <laughs> building of Fightful is here. Well, good. Yes. We got Samoa Joe leaving the TV title behind. We can't have Ron Belding leaving us for stewardesses, too. Yeah, the, come on. Uh, she dude. was a stewardess. We say flight attendant now. But Whitewater rafting. Yeah. Was a <laughs> Whitewater rafting is exactly right. Why is it going to be whitewater rafting? It's messed up, man. It's a great question. I don't even want to. <laughs> Y'all were gonna fl- leave my brother like like he was nothing like he wasn't y'all principal for like four yeah. seasons. You yeah, know? and well, he, he was- I believe had a great 
uh, camping trip under the stars planned. Like that <laughs> isn't already romantic? a field trip. Kelly and Zach were going to canoodle, obviously. Anyway, this is a wrestling podcast, so uh, we'll yes, get out of no. here. Well, no, let's, <laughs> no. Is this Michael Overbook? No, that, that's tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. That's you guys show up there on, on other days, but uh, but we will get out of here and let you guys talk about impact. Seems like they're on a big upswing right now. I know you've got some some weird timing with, with tapings to get through, but very nice to see some healthy products on the up and up. So we'll get out of here and let you talk about it. But peace out. Have a good night. You too. Good seeing ya. Let's get it. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.